Hello and welcome back to Control-Alt-Delete. I'm here with a brand new episode. When I was in LA earlier this year, I did a little podcast swap with one of my favourite podcasts across the pond called Forever 35. It's hosted by friends and writers Dory Shafria and Kate Spencer, who dive every week into the self-care practices that we all text our friends about, to which serums we're using, to which therapist we're using, and navigating the challenges of friendship and work and what we're making for dinner. No topic is off limits and Dory and Kate get into it with humour and honesty along with great guests as well. It's one of those podcasts that I love to listen to when I'm travelling around on my own or just having a bath and want something comforting on in the background. So I hope you enjoy this little bonus episode. We recorded it at Kate's house in LA and we had a little natter around her kitchen table And if you want more, I also appeared on their podcast too. So check out my episode on the Forever 35 podcast. We discussed everything from making a podcast into a business to solo travel to mental health practices when working alone and being self-employed. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please do rate or review it. Thank you and see you next week. So I'm very excited for a very special edition of Control-Alt-Delete. I'm sat here in Los Angeles, one of my favourite places, and I'm with my favourite podcast from Over the Pond, Forever 35. Over the Pond. With Dory and Kate. Do people say that in the UK? Do they say over the pond? Across the pond? Across the pond, I think. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like, Dory, you use that a lot. Across the pond? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good abbreviation. It's so (laughs) nice meeting you both. And um, yeah, I feel like our podcasts have a lot in common, maybe just the vibe or the the fact that we're both making it work Mm -hmm. in that industry and we've created a show that has like kept going I wondered how it all began for you guys because I don't know when you started it what year did you start it almost exactly two years ago so January 2018 is when we launched we had started kind of pre-production on it a few months ahead of that and it started very organically Dory and I were both working on other projects um, Dory, you were still at BuzzFeed at the time. Yeah, I was working full time and mm-hmm. writing a book. And I was writing a. I was about to. I was promoting my book. Was about to come out when this podcast. I had, started. Yeah, and I had published my book. Yes, um, April like in April of that year. Yeah, and I just texted Dory. And I said, do you Did want you us? guys know each other before? Yes, yes. Yeah, we, we were, were friends. Oh, yes. I didn't just get her number and <laughs> yeah, slide into the DM on Hello. Twitter. <laughs> Although that would have been great too. But no, we had been friends for a while and we had worked with each other on our, our own individual writing projects, just kind of as writing partners and um, critique partners. So we were friends and I knew Dory had a podcast and had podcasting experience. And I felt like we had a good natural working partnership so I just texted Dory and I said, do you want to start a podcast about skincare? I, I think love it was the it. direct exact text mm-hmm. and you responded enthusiastically, which was very reassuring. And then you jumped right into action about like what we actually would need to do to start a podcast. I knew nothing and we actually made it happen. We and I'm really it. excited to dig into some of the topics that you discussed because I feel like that sort of intersection of like intelligent chat versus just like serums that I want to buy (laughs) is Mm -hmm. like the most perfect thing to listen to but with BuzzFeed Dory did you always think actually doing podcasts independently is kind of the way forward because I I don't know about you but I was asked to do a podcast internally at a company and I'm so I'm so glad I did my own now yeah I mean BuzzFeed has a sort of tortured history with podcasts they had a whole podcast team 
that they eventually laid off and they ended a lot of their their podcasts. I had a podcast at BuzzFeed called Rerun that ran for eight or 10 episodes where I interviewed people about their favorite kind of classic TV episode. Um, and it was really fun, but it was also, I didn't really have creative control over it. And it certainly wasn't as fulfilling as doing this is. I, I really enjoyed it, but in retrospect, I sort of wish I had just launched it on my own. So yeah, I mean, I think there's pros and cons to doing a podcast with a company. You know, you do have that institutional support and they're also able to offer you resources and promote it in a way that an independent podcaster isn't always able to. Did you guys start from very kind of humble beginnings with this one? It's only because I, when I recorded my podcast back in the day, it was like, it literally sounded like speaking into a tin can. <laughs> we, were, we were very lucky that Dory and her husband you had... knew what you were doing. They had podcasting equipment. Dory knew, like, you knew the ins and outs of kind of just what would need to go into getting a podcast from, like, a recording to a thing you can download on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, and we also hired Sammy, our producer, very early on, and they were able to get us off the ground, which was amazing, and are still with us to, to this day. Sitting at this table yes. right now. <laughs> um, so, and I, you know, I think having done a podcast with my husband, I do a podcast with my husband about having done IVF. Did We did it while we were going through IVF, and now we're kind of continuing it while we have a child. I knew a lot about podcasting, but I also kind of knew what I didn't know, and I was like, I don't have time to learn how to like edit a podcast and do engineering stuff. And so I knew we, we would need to hire someone to do that. And you knew like who to ask who connected us to Sammy. Yes. I so, don't know if I would have known even where to begin. Yeah. So I think if I hadn't had both the experience doing the podcast at Buzzfeed, which is a very different experience and then doing the podcast on my own with my husband, it would have been much harder to just start from scratch. Yeah. And with the topic, because I really find it very therapeutic listening to people talk about skincare I've come to skincare quite late in my life I used to be that person that just like rubbed some dove soap on my face and I was like why am I dry um, <laughs> but now I actually spend a lot of money on my face now which I I used to feel bad about but then I was like no I'm allowed to like moisturize my own face mm -hmm. and, and do that how I want but um yeah. have you guys always been into that and how how come you wanted to talk about that specifically in amongst the chat I don't think we've always been into it per se I mean I think when we started the podcast I still didn't wash my face at night I would just go to sleep in my makeup because I felt angry that I needed to wash my face <laughs> but you know I think both of us were finding just the little self-care practices that we had already established in our lives or were establishing to be a kind of relief and respite from professional lives our personal lives the kind of cultural and political climate all things it was just like that five minute moment of like washing your face splashing water on your face putting a little toner on it just it slows you down and can be very calming and meditative and also you know it's fun to swap recommendations with friends I mean that's really our text chains were all just like chit-chatting about creams and yeah like where mm -hmm. we wanted to buy linen pants and so it kind of felt organic to just bring it to a larger audience it's so true because I find that there are two ways that I unwind. One is like physically, I can't touch my phone. So a massage for an mm -hmm. hour or being in the cinema for an hour because both those, you can't touch your phone. But then also, like you said, like a face mask on and you can't really move and you just have to sit there. And it's like almost making myself switch off. Yeah. Anything that forces me to not be on my phone 
Um, I recently got into puzzles, <laughs> as did Kate. And, you know, I, I just put my phone somewhere else and I'm able to be just totally kind of consumed by this very analog old school thing. And that's been really calming for me. Have you had any kind of interesting, I know you get callers into the podcast and you have people listening and sharing things. I've got to admit in the past, I've always felt like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be spending this long getting ready in the morning order. I don't know why, but I was like, I maybe if I'd be a better feminist, if I just went out the door with like no makeup on or something, it, maybe that was early noughties where we were all confused about what we were supposed <laughs> to be doing. Now we just do what we want, obviously. But um, have you had any nice stories connecting like the, the true importance of self-care and doing some sort of skin routine? Because I had a friend who was in hospital recently and she was like, only then really did I understand that someone coming in and like painting my nails or a friend coming in and dropping off my moisturizer like it goes way beyond just putting something on your face like it makes us feel ourselves well we recently got a really touching email from a listener whose father is very ill and kind of recently he has started taking baths and he finds that very calming and so for christmas she got him kind of a bath like self-care kit. And this is a guy who she said is like very unemotional, like not macho exactly, but doesn't express his emotions, was never into self-care at all. But now I guess because he's sick, he's kind of taking on these practices. And she got him this care package essentially of, you know, a bath pillow and a bath tray and some, you know, bath bombs. And she said he was (laughs) so touched. She heard him talking about it with other family members he's been using them in the bath and she said it just it brought him so much joy and those had all been recommendations that we had made in our gift guide episode and so that was just so rewarding to hear that someone had taken a suggestion that we had made and not only implemented it but implemented it for someone in their lives who they cared a lot about who was really struggling so that was really meaningful we also hear from a lot of people who say like i never made time for myself Mm -hmm. in whatever way that means to them. It could be washing your face. It could be going for a walk. It could be like sitting down to open your bills and figure out how to pay them and look at your fine. Like I think our audience is predominantly women. I think women especially don't often feel comfortable making time for themselves and putting themselves first. Mm -hmm. And in whatever way that means, it doesn't just mean like giving yourself a nice oil, you know, even though that's like, I really promote that. Yeah. Um, And so that is, that means a lot to me to hear that. And I think it's also helpful when listeners say that because it reminds me that that's okay for me to do as well yes how do you guys feel because I feel like your chat about this stuff is very authentic very real like people feel like they know you there's a no bs vibe to it as well how do you feel about the kind of capitalization of like goop for example which I've got to say I go in and out of feelings for goop Mm -hmm. like bad and good it feels like there's money to be made now in self-care I mean I will say personally the thing that bothers me the most about Goop is all the pseudoscience um, and the stuff that she sells as, you know, cures or remedies for various ailments that are that either don't work or are actively harmful. And so I think that preys on women a lot. And Jane Marie's podcast, The Dream, is delving into all this stuff oh, this right. season. 
that aspect of it does really, really upset me. Because it's interesting. Did you read about the vagina candle thing? Yes. Because I felt like the headlines were actually trying to make it sound more clickbaity than it was. Because mm. I think they were like, Gwyneth Paltrow sells a candle that smells like her own vagina, but it, it's actually not No, I read that. the scent. It's like rose and amber. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it sounds like she made a says, flip comment. Yeah. And... yeah, I have, I mean, the commodification of self-care, I have really conflicting and complex feelings about it, right? Because like we have a podcast about self-care, in which we sell ads and make and ourselves are making money. So we're making money off that conversation. And also like a lot of people have examined and are still examining like beauty culture and how, you know, like perpetuating skincare routines. Is that just perpetuating a really harmful, you know, how, how does this all mix and intersect and intertwine and where do we fit in and how do we make the most positive impact in this space as possible? And I, that's something that I think about a lot and I don't know if I have come to any answers or resolutions about it. I think where I land is like true self-care at, at like the root of it is not like a $150 goop exfoliant mask. But if that is something you want, great. And if that contributes to your self-care practices, also great. But truly, I think what it is, is doing things in our lives that better our existence and also ultimately I think kind of like that example you said of that daughter Dory is like make a a better impact uh, on quality of life for others Mm -hmm. Mm. and that sounds really like wooey and kind of hippy dippy but you know I I see nothing wrong with spending you know spending money on something if you want it and if it makes you actually feel good but also we do know like you can buy 50 creams and you can still feel like shit in your life. So getting to the root of what you need to do to really care for yourself, I think is key. It's really interesting because I, with the whole like conversation about women just spending more money on things like sometimes I I really wish we would get like reimbursed at the end of every financial year with like all of the like extra bit of the pink tax whatever it's called where all my razors more expensive all my creams more expensive but then my sort of thinking is like well actually instead of me buying less creams maybe my boyfriend should buy more creams (laughs) from uh women from an equality independent companies yeah yeah I, I mean you know, this podcast that Dory and I do has, for me anyway, allowed me to reflect on some practices of my life and if they're useful or not. I now spend way less time shaving and feeling self-conscious of my body hair because of discussions I've had on this podcast and also discussions I've had with my daughters. So I shower less. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I mean, but, for, but, but, but that is contributes to your well-being to yes. shower less. You feel better. So, and someone might be showering more and making them feel better. Totally. But yes, I mean, but also, isn't it better to like let your, is it something about wash, washing your hair every day is like bad for you or something? Yeah. I used to wash my hair every day. Now I don't wash my hair every day. I'm also going through postpartum hair loss because I have an eight and a half month old and with no end in sight. So <laughs> I wash my hair less because every time I wash my hair, like huge clumps of it fall out and that's just depressing. Is it because during pregnancy as well, you get like more hair? So during pregnancy, your hair basically doesn't fall out. So normally, normal people's hair, the the hair it's a three month cycle. So your hair falls out and then it regrows and 
and you're sort of continually losing and growing hair. When you're pregnant, you continue to grow hair, but you're not losing the hair. So then about... Wow, do you just have like big hair? Yes, I had like the most luscious hair. And for someone who always had thin hair, I was like, oh my gosh, this is what it would be like to have thicker hair. It was never thick, but it was like thicker. And then about three, three and a half months postpartum, your hair starts falling out. And that is grim. It's so unfair that it's like joking. Yeah. Oh, totally. (laughs) Just kidding your hair. Totally. And supposedly like this is just your hair kind of like rebalancing. Like this is the hair that would have been falling out the whole time. It's just on an accelerated timetable. I don't know if I believe that. (laughs) Um, And I'm like ready for it to be over. But I really like that um, reflection of what you just said of it's kind of just an individual thing, isn't it? And and that's why I like podcasts and listening to people, what other people do. And then you like pick out little bits that you want to try. Could we talk a little bit about social media? Because you guys, through the podcast and your other work, you've got such engaged followers, like on your Instagram but I know I don't know which one of you said it on a recent podcast, but has someone given up Twitter? Me. Kate. I want to talk about that because I think some people feel a bit overwhelmed by it all. I still look at Twitter, which I wish I didn't, but I haven't completely broken the cycle of looking at Twitter. It's But I look at um, like political journalists on Twitter. I mean, look, for better or for worse. Am I right? Um, but for me, Twitter specifically one it became uh, addictive I was I was looking at it constantly and I would just keep scrolling down to refresh it like I I, it just I couldn't uh, unattach myself from it and also the way it was making me feel was really unwell Mm. I don't know how else to describe it I started to I was I was noticing like I felt physically ill and you start um, to feel like Twitter is the world. Like, yes. That, and actually it's one tiny part of, yeah. Yes. And I, and I had a, also had a hard time. I would worry if I wasn't tweeting, you know, like what did it mean if I didn't tweet or if I would tweet and it only got 10 likes as opposed to 500 likes or, the, or then also being up to date on what everyone I followed was doing. And that was also starting to just kind of, take a hold in my brain I would also receive a lot of feedback on Twitter and I would feed off the positive feedback and then spiral because of the negative feedback and I just I I realized like this is not the world (laughs) for various reasons I have logged into my Twitter account recently because I'm trying to archive it because I would like to actually really just close down my account completely but I had my husband change my password because I couldn't not I if I took it off my phone I would look at it on my computer you know like it just was not the usual tricks did not work for me and I I just took a month off from Instagram as well and that was really beneficial do you find that after a few days you after you have that craving of wanting to check it it just kind of goes away I still like Twitter I still like to look at because I like the constant stream of information and different takes that's very hard for me to to not have to be honest but Instagram I was actually surprised at what a relief it was to not be on Instagram for a month it was was, for a specific reason yeah I just was depressed every time I looked at Instagram and I was spending so much time like time I could have been reading a book or like meditating or watching TV doing literally anything I was on Twitter and my brain was filled with what other people's what was going on in their lives like Mm -hmm. I think I used this example to Dory but like I knew what busy Phillips was up to every fucking day of my life. And I love it. Like, don't get me wrong. I love it. I also know what Dory's up to. 
my cousins, all my friends. Like, you know what I mean? It's you're holding space in your brain for hundreds of thousands of people, some strangers and some not. And that it got to the point where I was just honestly overwhelmed. And also my feeling of like inadequacy and, and then also, or the feeling like one thing I did feel, and I apologize for kind of just going off here, but when I wasn't on it, the first few weeks I was like, I should be dot Why this is, I should be talking about this. I want to say this. I want to film this. I want to share this. And that was hard to shut off the feeling of like, is this happening if I'm not posting it? Yeah. Like if I'm not making me cooking two lasagnas for Christmas an Instagram story, like, does it matter? Did it happen? It did happen and it did matter and it was fine. And it was okay that no one knew it was happening. It's just, I, 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 social media is, has been such a wonderful part of my life, but also not great. And I don't know how to find a balance yet. So I have to kind of do these little like, experiments. Yeah. Cause how, how have you found it Dory with, um, you know, having a baby and cause yeah. I've heard stories of how comforting it can be to actually dip back into the like adult world mm-hmm. if you're alone at home breastfeeding or something. But then on the flip side, do you want to be on your phone when you like is there a weird yeah. guilt thing of that I mean this is something that I I was actually just thinking about this earlier today that I do feel like I, I feel torn because on the one hand I do want to encourage my son to play independently I don't want him to feel like I need to be entertaining him all the time but what I feel like that ends up what ends up happening in practice is that I'm sitting there and he's playing and I'm on my phone So I'm kind of, I don't, and I don't like that. I don't need to be entertaining him, but I also would like to be a little bit more engaged with him. So I'm sort of rethinking my relationship with my phone vis-a-vis my son and our time together. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I wonder if back in the 90s or whatever, there were other things that our parents were distracted by. And then I would be like glued to the television. and Totally. It's like we this isn't necessarily a new thing and it's not like back in the day parents were like more engaged or less engaged or right and like my mom was on the phone on the on the talking on the phone a lot like our parents used to talk on the phone to dinner and talk cook dinner and talk on the phone um and you know I do I also want to give myself a little bit of a break when I am taking care of my son like this weekend for example he's been sick he was really cranky all weekend um it was exhausting. And sometimes I was just like, you know what? I just need a break to like look at my phone. But I do, I think I do need to kind of establish some boundaries. And it's so. funny, isn't it? Like the association with the phone, because it could be that you're like doing a weekly shop or you're booking your oh, child totally. a, an appointment or it's yes. like sometimes the phone isn't bad. No. And you know, we also sometimes I need, someone needs to get in touch with me. And sometimes I'm like, doing work for the podcast and I have to be watching him and and that's just the way it is and it happens to be on my phone because that feels less intrusive than like bringing my computer into his play area (laughs) but yeah I mean it's definitely something that I struggle with and like as he gets older I'm sure it will become more and more of an issue he already like he wants to play with the phone he doesn't know what it is we don't show it to him but like he sees that I'm occupied with it. And so he's, you know, he wants it, of course. Mm -hmm. And so I'll just sort of put it aside. And then, but then when he's like playing with something else, I'll pick it up again. And I'm like, "Uh, I don't, maybe I shouldn't do that. But then I'm also like, should I just be sitting there? (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, what should I be doing? I don't know. 
I don't know. That's the thing is like, we don't have many people to ask for advice who are like a lot older than us either. Cause right. there's like a generational gap there between you can't ask your own mom necessarily yes. or dad or whatever. Yeah, totally. And also, but also like, and I've found this, I've discussed this with other friends of mine who also have kids. Like our parents are kind of the worst offenders when it comes to the phone. Like they'll be yes. watching kids. My dad will put headphones on and watch videos on his phone. And I'm like, your grandson who you see not that often because you live across the country, like he's right here. Do you need to be watching whatever the hell it is you're watching that on your phone hilarious. right now? My dad's got these new hearing aids and it's basically like, it's basically like he's got AirPods in, but obviously they're hearing aids, but he will, his eyes will glaze over at the dinner table and my mum will be like, are you listening to a podcast? <gasps> like, cause he'll just, he'll just switch them on wow. and like turn them to a channel. Oh, you can do that? Yeah. He's, oh my he's like plugged in. It's really, are they cochlear? Wow. They're not cochlear implants. Um, no, I mean, they're just these they're things. Just, that, yeah, they're yeah, going. But they're like yeah. Bluetooth and they're very high tech. Oh, wow. It's very funny though, because he's just not interested. My dad definitely needs hearing aids. And I think if he knew that though you could get those kinds of hearing aids, he'd be like on board. I mean, it's literally <laughs> like all of the sports scores, right. like constantly just going round and oh round and round. Just to finish up, I was wondering if you, this is sorry about this big last question, but I know you've been doing this podcast for two years and you've you've covered so much that like you've covered toxic friendship and boundaries and social media and you know like and the amazing gift um episodes where you give practical advice is there anything like one thing that you if tomorrow you had to go to a desert island and like take away like one bit of advice or conversation what would it be just one takeaway I mean, wear sunscreen on the desert island. Yeah. <laughs> my biggest takeaway from doing this is being a big, a big, bring SPF. a, yeah, SPF, a big protective hat, and drink a lot of water. <laughs> That's what I would do. I would hydrate and sunscreen on the island. I mean, I think you're thinking of more like concrete like life advice. Meaning of life through the podcast. No, just anything that you think about a lot since doing the podcast and having that conversation with someone. I mean, like, I think a lot about human relationships and the importance of good relationships friendships relationships with the family or partners whatever children whatever that may be I feel like that so many great self-care can come out of great relationships but mm -hmm. also bad relationships can hurt our the way we care for ourselves so deeply I don't know Dory do you think that no I was going to say something sort of along the same lines which is I feel like I've thought a lot more I've become much more conscious of showing up for people and being there for people. And I, I feel like I've also, especially these last, this last year or so, I've been thinking so much more about empathy. And I feel like this podcast has helped me become a more empathic person and to understand what that really means and to be an empathic friend. So I think that would be my, my big takeaway. I really, really love that. And then we're ending on that because I think sometimes for some reason we can associate self-care with like canceling on people. Mm, when it's the opposite yes. mm -hmm. totally and i i think that has its moment and its necessity but also you're right so much of it is showing up yep mm -hmm. yeah. oh thank you so much thank this you was super Emma. super fun thank you um we've done a little, little bit of a pod swap so go and check out forever 35 subscribe to everything just relax and have some self-care listening to it because it's so relaxing. That is so cool. Thank you I so love much. it. It's amazing. Um, so thank you. And thank you. I'll be back. Yay. <laughs> Bye.